Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. This is Heidi B doing a solo jam today. It's been a while since I've done this. And I recently got into a show called The World's Toughest Race. It's an adventure race. If you think about the the show Survivor meets The Amazing Race, it's kind of a culmination of the two. These teams of four set off into this like almost what seems like an impossible course through Fiji. And Bear Grylls is the host, Mr. Adventure himself. And the conditions that they are put under really stretch their limits of what the human mind, body, and soul can endure. And it really got me thinking about so many different things. So I wanted to use that as my platform, the the kicking off point to really talk about a topic that dropped in as a result of watching the show, and that is that life is one big adventure. Life is one big adventure. And so often we let the brain lead the adventure, take us on a ride, instead of letting our body be the guide. So I want to talk about the opportunity to really leverage using your body as the compass, using your body as the navigator, because we've gotten really, really good about being in our brain, but not very good at allowing the body to be our guide. And that's where all the truth lies. So I want to talk about <laughs> the game of life. You guys ever play that game when you were a little like, younger, where you have all the, like, the little cars and you, you make money and you go to college or you don't go to college or you have a baby or you don't have a baby. And then we see who can be the big winner of the game of life. Well, this adventure show really, really got me thinking about the fact that life is just one big adventure and we are the players of life. How are you going to play it? How are you going to play it? Yes, it takes a little bit of mind. Yes, it takes a lot of body. Yes, it takes a lot of soul and all three collectively support our human beings. But that's exactly the point. We are human beings, not human doings. And so often we try to be the doers instead of the beers, instead of being present in our bodies, we are trying to be doers and thinkers in our brains. And the being of humanness, the being of that happens in the body. So I really want to talk about the difference of, you know, an adventure versus a race, because this show was all about this race. They had 11 days to get to the finish line through all of the elements in Fiji. They were on paddle boards. They were on um, mountain bikes. They were on um, sailboats. And, and all of these, they had to know how to navigate. They were repelling waterfalls, and they were climbing these massive cliffs and doing all these different things. And mind you, these people are different body types, different ages, 
different endurance levels, different expert levels, expertise levels. These people were not all adventure racers, which is a thing, which I didn't even realize was a thing. I, I, I've run marathons and half marathons for a really long time. Um, I, I retired a couple years ago just because of the bang up job it does on, on your knees and such. And I found joy and pleasure in so many other ways of movement that I've just expanded my horizons. But these people... You know, they weren't the American gladiators or or the ninja warriors that you see on TV right now, but they did some of the most incredible things on this 11-day journey. And not all of them made it, and not all of us will make it, you know, through whatever it is that we're going through life because we don't have a timeline. We're not in charge of the timeline. We're not in charge of the circumstances. The only thing that we are actually responsible for is how we show up and play the game. That's it. We can't control all of the elements outside of ourselves. So what I learned, and we'll get to all the lessons learned um, near the end of the podcast, but one of the things that I learned is that we really have to manage our internal state if we want to survive the external world. We've got to master this inside part. The engine that's running everything is on the inside of us, not the outside. And so let's talk about this a little bit. The world's toughest race, right? Everybody came to play the game, this 11-day race. But one thing was all of their intentions were different. They interviewed Everybody along the way, as you can imagine, they must have had like hundreds of videographers. I don't know that I want to be a videographer for that, quite honestly. Some of the conditions that they endured was like, wow. I wonder if the videographers and photographers knew what they signed up. But in the same token, they captured some of the most intimate, vulnerable shares and moments, whether it was something that these people were going through in their mind something they were enduring with their body or something that they were feeling in their soul was literally captured on camera. And I think that that's what made me hooked in so much. It was different than, you know, any other reality show out there. It was was so much more than survival. It was truly, and you guys know lately I've been obsessed with the word thrive, like thrival. These people, some of them were just barely surviving and some of them were just learning how to thrive, learning the difference between surviving and thriving. And it was just beautiful. So what I saw from the very beginning, day one, were that their intentions were different. You've got the racers and you've got the the adventurers. And it was really fascinating to watch how their intentions impacted their experience. So I kind of want to break down what I witnessed between racers and adventurer. And as I speak some of these descriptions out, I want you to take a beat and ask yourself, wow, am I a racer right now in my life? Or am I an adventurer? Am I excited to be a racer? Or do I desire to be an adventurer? Because there's not a right or a wrong, there's just a different experience. And again, it's all about how to play the game. How are you going to play the game? How are you going to use your body as the compass to be the navigator for your life experience? So here's what I came up with as descriptors for the racers, okay? The racers wanted to prove it. They were there to show up to prove that they could be the best, 
that they could make it to the finish line the fastest and that they knew the most expertise and tools, that they had the most expertise and tools to get there the fastest and in the best way. So they were there to prove it. They were there to prove it. They were there for the award. They were there for the medal and the champagne and they were there for the title. They were there for the title of the top teams. It was very ego driven. It was like, we've been doing this for a long time and we want to hold our title. We want everyone to know that we're the best. This was extremely externally driven, right? These were people that have been doing this with their life for their life for a really, really long time. And it was very external driven. How can I let everybody else outside of me know that like I'm worth it. So this validation that they needed was spoken, was seen, was praised right? Just idolized. Like, wow, they really needed people to notice. Okay. So the difference between the racers of proving it, awards, title, ego, external, really being seen, really being praised and the adventurers was the adventurers were really there to push the edge. See how far their mind, body, and souls could go. Instead of an award, they were there for a reward to reward themselves with an experience, trading in a title for an experience, seeing everything, tasting everything, breathing everything, touching everything. Every minute counted. Every minute was experienced. The adventurers released the ego and were very heart-centered. A lot of times they were like, what is the right thing for our bodies in this moment? Our bodies need rest. Our bodies need nourishment. Our bodies need to be dry for a little while, right? Whereas the racers, ego, adventure was just like, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. It doesn't matter the elements. We've done this before. We've been here before. Like, it's fine. The adventurers were very internal. They were sharing a lot of stories about their families, about their friends, about the people that they were meeting along their journey. And it was very much an internal shift. Their validation was unspoken. They didn't need to be seen. They felt it for themselves. And they weren't there for the praise or the medal or the top standing. They were there to finish and they were just there to fulfill their own purpose, internal validation. So can you see the difference? There's nothing wrong with either one, but we've got the racers and the adventurers. And it was really beautiful to hear the stories of the different people going through this race and, and, and truly being seen as racers or adventurers. And one of the women, she was an Indian woman and she was on this team and they had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and um, the big, 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 big summits, but they had never done anything like this in these conditions. In fact, she had said that she was terrified of water. And you guys, they were going through tons of water, tons of bodies of water, even shark infested waters. So it was really amazing that she knew what she was signing up for, but she was there for the experience, right? She was there to just fulfill her own internal purpose. And at one point, she was being interviewed at the bottom of this massive waterfall. This waterfall was going to take them over five hours to summit, to climb up while this water is pouring down on them. And she said something that stuck with me. She said, when you unhook the mind, you see 
how much the body knows and how much the body does the work. She said, I couldn't have moved on or done these things if I was in my mind. Because our mind, our brain is there to keep us safe. Our brains are there to go, hold on, hold on, hold on, sweetheart. That is a big ass waterfall. That's going to take us a really long time to climb and you might die doing that, which is true, which is true. This is an adventure race. They weren't, they didn't have nets and things and things that they got bumps and bruises, which they did. And they had, ooh, some of the stuff I couldn't even watch. They had to choose to keep going or be pretty much airlifted out of the jungle. There were two options, keep going or be airlifted out and game over. Game over, experience over. So, so many of them realize the limits of their mind. Our mind is there to limit us, keep us in scarcity, keep us in fear, and really like be the safety net for everything in our life. You guys have heard me say before, like our brains are the lawyers. Our brains are, if we ask our brain anything, it's always going to default to don't do that. That could hurt you. Don't do that. That could cost you something, whether it be time, money, energy, bumps, bruises, whatever it is. So it's there to keep us safe. But the problem is, is so many, so many times we're beyond that. And so when we can unhook the brain, use the body as the compass and go, okay, body, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to let you tell me when you're done. I'm going to let you tell me when you've got a little bit more. I'm going to let you tell me when you're going to, when you're going to push the edges. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. And it's important to listen because there were teams of a lot of times the racers that didn't listen to their body. They only listened to the mind. Go, 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 go. And their bodies were overheating and slowing them down and it cost them valuable race time because they didn't listen to their bodies. Um, I remember one team was trying to get ahead of everybody. And so it ended up taking them like seven hours to climb the waterfall in the dark. The other team slept four hours and then summited the waterfall in just three. So they ended up catching up. This other team was completely exhausted and they were well rested. So they listened to their bodies, got some rest, and then got we're able to summit so much more quickly just listening to the the body the body unlike the brain is made for abundance strength truth so the teams with brain as their guide really experienced a lot of burnout more quickly and the teams with body as the guide really went at the perfect pace all of our paces are different And I'm not just talking about, you know, you're 25 miles an hour and I'm five miles an hour and, you know, comparing where we're at. I'm talking about like the pace of so much more than just how fast our legs can take us. The pace of how much trauma our body can handle. The pace of how much feedback we're willing to take. The pace of how much space we need to create in our lives to slow down and really be present. These are all things that we don't typically take time to stop and think about, but they're really important. So brain-based thinking, the thinking base leads to this trauma and trauma is anything too fast, too soon. And when we go too fast, too soon, 
we leave either our physical body or our emotional body in shock. We're like, whoa, that was too fast. I can't take it. And we just shut down. The body literally shuts down or the emotions literally shut down. Nearly every challenge that they went through, I kept asking myself, how is this even possible? There's the physical test, of course, but there's the emotional test that was filled with so much truth. There were some team testimonies as they neared the end of the race, and a couple of them really hit home, really hit hard. So I want to share some of that with you. There was this team with one of the gentlemen who was in, um, in his 70s, and he had Alzheimer's. And it was at the beginning phases of, phase of Alzheimer's, which I can personally um, emotionally relate to. My grandfather passed away of Alzheimer's, and it was just like an awful thing to watch somebody that you love and see someone that you love and you know that at the end or even in the middle of Alzheimer's, it's just so awful because you see them literally change from the person that they've been their whole lives to somebody that is unrecognizable, not just physically, but just emotionally to not be able to remember. And then um, also physically for your body not to remember how to do the things that, it, that it's used to doing. But this guy was an adventure racer. He had been doing ultra marathons, which is like over 50 miles of racing, you guys, in crazy climates. He was a major mountain biker, miles and miles and miles, and he could keep up with the best of them. But the Alzheimer's was literally slowing everything down. So he was there with his son and a couple of younger racers, just being an adventurer, pushing the edges there for the experience, all heart, all soul. And I got to take a deep breath before I read his testimonial because it made me feel so emotional. And he said, his son said, because he and his son were in this together. And um, the first thing that he said was, my biggest fear is that my grandkids, my grandkids won't know the guy that I truly was. That's a scary thing your legacy, what you want to be known for. He didn't want anybody to remember him for the man that he ended his life as. He wanted everybody to remember him for the man that he actually loved being. And Alzheimer's rips you of that. So his son said something that was really powerful. Sorry, I get choked up. Alzheimer's is a bitch, you guys. That disease, like, how come we haven't found a cure yet? Like, it kind of pisses me off. It's just like, it takes away so much just just so much it's i think it's worse than any disease out there because you literally can't remember and then your body forgets how to function so it starts in your brain and your mind can't remember people and things and places and then your mind can't remember the memories that make you you and the people that make you you and the experiences that make you you and then your brain literally tells your organs like we don't remember how to work and that's how it ends so what his son said was really powerful His son said, you know what? Life leads us to uncomfortable spots and lots of unknowns, but we can handle it together. We can hold hands and we can make it through all the challenges if we just keep going. And I thought that that was so magical because he was relating it to his dad's journey with Alzheimer's, but it was so perfectly placed with this 
adventure race. And to pair the two together of these physical, physical moments to overcome with these emotional segments of our life. It's one of the reasons why I loved racing so, or loved running so much. I was never considered myself a racer, but just always an adventurer when I would set out on half marathons and marathons. But he said, you know, like we could have never predicted that these uncomfortable situations with my dad and Alzheimer's would happen. That's like a big unknown. But what we do know is that we can hold each other's hands We can keep going no matter what and just see what the next turn is. It was so awesome. Yeah, it was so awesome. There was another guy who was on a different team and he said, I can't explain in words what's happening here in the wilderness, but it's recalibrating all of my values, beliefs, and goes far beyond a finish line. I'm doing the inside job out here wow like these people are in all of the elements just like paddling canoes for four hours six hours eight hours and he's like it's just not even about paddling the canoe it's about who i am as i'm doing these things i've heard my yoga teacher say that so many times it's not about the poses it's about who you are in the pose that matters that's by my yoga teacher dharma shakti she is absolutely incredible And it's so true. We've got to work on what our values and beliefs are and recalibrate those values and beliefs so that we can go beyond. This is far beyond where our legs and our eyes take us, um, our limbs, where this where this body of ours, this physical body of ours takes us. It's about like where this spiritual, soulful, internal being in us goes. And if we haven't mastered that, to me, we're, we're not playing the right game of life. So this really comes down to me for, for me, like the adventure of, or the adventurous attitude is I can't wait to see what's next. Just keep going, experience more, see more. I was thinking about the racers after I heard all of the adventurers testimonials. And what I realized is, like I said, the racers miss the waterfall. They missed time with the locals because they were so concerned with, you know, being the fastest and being the best, but they missed the hugs from the locals. They missed one of the teams missed climbing this insane waterfall and seeing all the beautiful nature during the day because they were obsessed with going as fast as they could during the night. And for me, I I just want to be able to experience everything. Like some of the people got to high five, drink tea, be in the local huts in Fiji like roll around in the grass and some of the people were just like trying to go one foot in front of the other as fast as they possibly could and truly missed out on all of the senses that they could experience you know the the racers attitude which i can completely understand with after after doing races and things like that is they're rushing for the rush they're rushing for the rush It's that runner's high. Have you ever done a really, 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 really awesome workout? And you're just like, yeah, whoa, I feel like superwoman. Oh my gosh. That's the runner's high. And the problem with the runner's high is that it's temporary. And we find after we get the runner's high, we crave the next rush because the brain expects it. This runner's high is literally up here in the brain. We've got so much oxygen rotating through and going through all the cells in our body, and it feels really, really good. But then when we're not on that high, 
we don't know what to do with ourselves. So we're, it's literally like a drug. This, the runner's high is a drug. And so that's why the racers get in this habit, in this cycle of race, next race, next race, next race. How can I do faster? How can I go faster? How can I be better? How can I, how can I outdo myself? A lot of times it's not even to outdo another person. It's just to outdo yourself. How much more can I do? How much faster can I go? So, so the problem is, is that we're, we're just, it's just temporary. Whereas the adventurer, the adventurer really gets to surrender to the slowness, to the stillness. The adventurer notices that moments matter because the moments get registered. When we're moving too fast and too quickly, these magical memories can't tell our bodies to register that into long-term memory. It's just like, boop, another thing, and on with the next, and on with the next, and on with the next. So we really have to nurture the adventurer part and let the body, so the body can recall and remember to how to fill the craving, how to fill the craving. So instead of reaching for the runner's high, like over and over and over and over again, like, uh, I, okay, I have to wait until I get to the end of the race to feel the high. How do I feel the high all the way through the experience? And I'll tell you how you do this. You engage presence. You engage sight, sound, taste, smell. Be in each moment. Make each moment count. Make each moment last using our senses and being fully present. When we dismiss presence, we're just like in race mode. And then we're just rushing for the rush. Just rushing for the rush. And our bodies can't remember how to get that rush unless we continue rushing. So life is the experience. Let me say that again. Life is the experience. Every moment counts. So what player are you going to be? What player are you going to be? We're not in charge of the timeline. We try to be. We try to control things. We try to slow things down. We try to speed things up instead of surrendering the timeline you're not in control of the timeline we think that we are because we're we're trying to work the system from our brains instead of from our bodies we're not in charge of the circumstances outside of ourselves we're not in charge if we get a disease or our loved ones get a disease we're not in charge of if it rains or if it shines we're not in charge of anything outside of ourselves But here's what we are in charge of. We're in charge of what I call epic. My whole entire coaching practice is built on these four pillars. That's why I call it epic joy. If you ever work with me, I work through this transformation process called epic joy. First of all, you all know I'm obsessed with joy, but joy for me stands for just own you. Learning how to be your fullest highest, most authentic, present self at all times. That is joy to me. Joy is just owning who you are. So the word epic is what we're in charge of. Epic stands for energy, presence, intention, and connection. And through those four things, navigating using our internal body compass, we can master our energy We can master our presence. We can live with intention and we can live fully connected to ourselves, the universe, and others. 
And through those pieces of epic joy, we create memorable moments that count because each moment counts. And when we live in epic joy, we learn, we grow, we love, we thrive. And the only thing that we're responsible for is the response. The only thing we're responsible for is the response to the circumstances outside of ourselves. How are you going to play the game? How are you going to manage your emotions? And I don't mean suppress, and I don't mean exclude, and I don't mean only live from a place of joy. How are you going to include all parts of you? The dark parts, the light parts, the happy parts, the sad parts, the grieving parts, the joyful parts, the angry parts, the calm parts. We have to include all parts of us in order to transcend into the highest version of ourselves. So that's it, you guys. Regardless, regardless of what place, I'm using air quotes here, regardless of what place the finishers had in the world's toughest race, one thing that they all had in common was the things that adventure requires. The things that adventure requires is pace and presence. And without those, you can't win. So it didn't matter if they came in first place or 60th place. They came in a place because they followed their pace. They followed their presence. And that's how they win. It's the desire design. It's the desire to design all that you want to create. If you can desire it, you can design it. And all we need is to remember epic joy is available. Life is truly, truly, truly the adventure. And you have the opportunity to let your body be the guide. I have a manifestation, um, or sorry, a mantra book that I bought from Barnes and Noble last week. And I am absolutely loving it, you guys. It's called Morning Affirmations, 200 Phrases for an Intentional and Open-Hearted Start to Your Day by Jennifer Williamson. It's a beautiful book. And every day I just hold that book, all the pages, all at once in my hands. And then I flip my fingers through the book like I'm paging a deck of cards. And then I just stop when my thumb feels like it needs to stop. And today, going into this podcast, I kid you not, I paged the book and I just started laughing because I think the universe works with us when we're ready for it to work with us. And I've been working really, really in tune with the universe lately. And so I open up this page that I want to share with you. Page 131 of this book says, I do more than survive. I kid you not. That is the mantra that opened up on the day of this exact webinar, webinar podcast, where, where the title is life is an adventure. Let your body be the guide. Let your body be the compass. Let your body be the navigator. That's what came up. The mantra is I do more than survive. And if this race has taught me anything, watching this show has taught me anything. It's that we can all do more than survive. We're not built to survive. We're built to thrive. We are built to thrive. And so below this mantra, I do more than survive. Here's the descriptor that Jennifer gives. I pay attention to more than just making it through this day. 
I feed my own flourishing. I dive into the depths of each precious experience that makes up life. I invite total fulfillment and profound connection wherever I am. Bottomless being comes through, come what may. So I'm just going to leave you guys with that. I'm going to leave you with that. I do more than survive. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.